politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen yearning to breathe free air again to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. Back in the house today, September 23rd, Thursday, already late in the week, and we're just getting started here because there is a lot of work to be done. So much so that the outcome of our success will literally determine the freedom of mankind. That is not an exaggeration. We have nowhere to go. Where do we go to flee as refugees? Just to set the story today, and obviously we're going to be playing catch up with the refugees flooding us, Afghanistan, Haiti. Then we have record crime, FBI statistics coming out, 30% murder jump in one year. Obviously, the COVID fascism mixed in. We are subjugated. We are controlled up to and including our own breath and our body while foreigners get to replace Americans. Wars have been fought over a lot less than this. We are beyond even that stage. There is no solution that even I could propose that speaks to the severity, to the magnitude of what's going on, but we got to do the best we can. National divorce is the only solution. The question is how we do that. Anyone who is not talking about that is wasting your time. Where do we go? You know, my my son mentioned this to me. So my wife was taking them all to the dentist today, and they were all having a tantrum over because they didn't want to wear a mask. And the absurdity, I mean, just the fascism, but also the scientific absurdity that the guy's going to freaking be in your mouth the entire time, but then you have to wear the thing when you're not. It's mentally ill. And the reality is that all these guys are, of course, vaccinated, but it doesn't work, but it works at the same time that they could force you to do both. And my son was like, why do we have to live in such a stupid place? That's what he said. And I said to him, you know, the problem is, I don't know where in America you could go to see a dentist without putting a mask on a five-year-old, on a seven-year-old. I don't know if there's, you, you tell me, guys, you're all over the country. I'm in a blue state. Is a red state any better? You tell me where you can go. I know there's people like Dr. Henson we have on the show that, that, uh, try to encourage patients not to wear masks in his clinic. But I mean, we're talking about 0.0001%. Because as I noted on Tuesday's show, I was out yesterday, that the Republican Party is the ultimate controlled opposition. There is nowhere for us to move beyond that point. Until we get a new party, we will not have freedom. And until... We organize a new movement built on national divorce. We won't have a new party. So we'll unpack that today. But the point is, it requires a vision to understand what is going on. Which brings me to our sponsor today, Better Spectacles. Go Specs lenses from Rodenstock Eyewear. They are the gold standard of eyewear in the world 144-year-old German company with over 500 patents. Ronald Reagan wore Rodenstock. They are expert opticians specialized in difficult prescriptions, astigmatisms, those who experience problems with progressives. Believe it or not, technology has caught up to your prescription. 
Uh, unlike with COVID treatment, GoSpec's lenses actually has you covered. More energy, no neck strain, the ability to help you see 40% better. Go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment so you don't have to wear a mask and uh, you don't have to leave your home. But they give you that same quality because they do have regular uh, you know, stores. They're offering my audience an introductory 61% off their GoSpecs lenses plus free handcrafted Ronestock frames. We love our frames, my wife and I. Um, she always wears her GoSpecs lenses. Visit betterspectacles.com slash conservative. Go now. Make sure you never get another cheap pair of lenses again. So, again, where do we go? In a sane country, all of the red state governors would be getting together and almost like kind of what Martin Luther did to the Catholic Church, nail a thesis to the wall, indict them on what they're doing, killing people from blocking COVID treatment and pushing things that don't work and violating bodily integrity rights, human rights, violating the Nuremberg Code. At the same time, flooding this country during a pandemic with people from Haiti and Afghanistan, of all places. Outbreaks everywhere. Measles, mumps. Afghanistan is the sec- has the second highest rate of polio, by the way. There are so many issues. The crime issue, the inflation issue, everything. Everything they have done to us. You could not have written a movie script that embodies and, and, and encapsulates what we're faced with today. And they would just get together and say, we're not doing this anymore. Good luck. But instead, as I noted on Tuesday, they're out there pimping more refugees. Name me a single existential threat, a single fundamental issue that is confronting us where there is even 1% pushback from the Republicans and the fake conservative movement. Instead, they're all talking about this disappearance of this woman and debating racial politics and the degree of coverage of, of, of people who are found missing or something. You look at the Whig Party. Its entire existence was less than 30 years. It failed to confront the issue of the time, which was slavery, The Kansas-Nebraska Act solidified that because their whole thing was to at least stop the spread of slavery, and it didn't. And that was it. Abraham Lincoln got together with others and formed the Republican Party. Yet here the Republican Party has failed to fight a single issue in a meaningful way in 30 years, but most existentially the last few years has gone along with it everywhere you turn. Crime, they're for it. Open borders and refugees, they're for it. COVID fascism, they're for it. And yet, we're no closer to this goal than we were 18 months ago. 18 months of this. They are fighting absolutely nothing on a single front. The only purpose they serve, the GOP that is, is to give enough of an illusion of an alternative to, number one, serve as a distraction and a punching bag for the left, and two, jujitsu any legitimate opposition into that black hole. That is the quintessential controlled opposition. False flag. 
Again, everyone I know that was in the predicament of being forced to either get the shots or be fired has had to make that decision already. Some chose to get them. Some chose to be fired. There's not a single state where they are protected. But at the same time, I want you guys to understand the beauty of the left, what we're up against, and why no traditional political solution can help. Obviously, they have never pushed a desiderandum, a principle, as strongly as they have pandemics, right? The, the fact that you could do anything to a civilization, an economy, a culture, a society, and yes, your own human body under the guise of fighting a pandemic. But yet at the same time, even that strong position with so much momentum, the, the weight of the world, of the political universe, of the cultural elite behind it, could be turned on and off like a switch on a dime, like a faucet in a sink when it benefits them. They could go to the opposite end of the spectrum and at the same time that they are firing American healthcare workers, ICU, top ICU doctors that already had the virus and have better immunity and fire them for not getting the shot. They could flood the country with millions, and yes, millions of illegal aliens from the countries with the most diseases and the lowest vaccination rates of vaccines that actually do work. And then bring people in from Afghanistan. That's where we're, that's where we're at now. We have a government that will cover the mouth of a two-year-old who has no symptoms, but will bring in people from the most disease-ridden countries. And the public health problems are the least problems we have with them. So let's unpack some of the latest news we're having today. You know, at least in Australia, I could say they're consistent. They're fascist. They're suppressing their people. But they are blocking all international travel. Here we have the greatest flow of, of illegal immigration in the history of our country. It's roughly going to reach about 2 million apprehensions this year. And by the way, as I predicted, they made a big show of deporting Haitians. They're deporting like, you know, less than 10% of them. Where do you think the other 90% are going? They're being bussed every, to every corner of this country. They're being flown to every corner of this country. Every corner of this country. No, my friends, they don't care about COVID. They don't care about public health. They don't care about quarantine. They care about controlling you and suppressing you. And one toll, uh, one tool of subjugating you is by displacing you with foreigners. That's part of the agenda. So if it benefits them to bring in a record number of people from the most disease-ridden countries, boy, oh boy, are they going to do that. This is from the New York Post. You could not have written a movie script like this. The nearly 20% of workers at hospitals and nursing homes who refuse to get vaccinated against COVID-19, this is in New York City, will be replaced potentially by foreigners once the state's mandate goes into effect next week, Governor Kathy Hochul said Wednesday. Hochul told reporters in Rochester that she hoped that all unvaccinated employees would meet Monday's deadline. To those who won't, we'll be replacing people, and I have a plan that's going to, to be announced very shortly. One of the things she mentioned is we're also reaching out to the Department of State to find out about visas for foreign workers on a limited basis to bring more nurses over here. 
Haitian nurses, my friends. This is what it's come to. This is what it's come to. In addition, we now have CDC has announced that individuals from Afghanistan are being resettled across the U.S. Afghanistan ranks seventh in the world for measles with a current outbreak and one of only two countries with both wild and vaccine-derived poliovirus in circulation. Okay? Now we have measles outbreaks in Northern Virginia and Wisconsin's Fort McCoy. We flattened our economy, our society, our liberty in a failed attempt to alleviate the burden on hospitals. Yet now we've elected optionally to bring in people from the most disease-ridden countries and fill Northern Virginia hospitals now. CDC says measles, tuberculosis, malaria is uh, among the evacuees, and there's also a likelihood of shigellosis, um, hepatitis A, rotavirus, viral diarrheal diseases, all sorts of things. We're also aware of varicella, mumps, tuberculosis, malaria. Mentioned a a number of things, and COVID-19 among evacuees. There you go, my friends. They don't care about the virus. And who are these people? DHS Secretary Mayorkas admitted that 84% of them are indeed not special immigrant visa holders, which, by the way, themselves are frauds or even lawful permanent residents. We're just flooding the country with Afghans. Then you have the border people from Haiti, former... This is Fox News, former ICE Buffalo Field Office Director Tom Feely of ICE. So basically all we're doing is we're catching them at the border, shipping them into the interior, releasing them and getting more, and then releasing them and then getting more and releasing them. Jen Psaki defended the exemption from COVID restrictions on international travel, right? Because you have to get tested, quarantined if you're traveling, but illegal aliens could just get flown in. She says they're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. Well, gee, is anyone coming here on a you know legitimate visa, standing, planning on staying for a while? No. You come here on vacation, you're subjected to the rules. You're an American, you're subjected to the rules. Here, you're not. Don't think for a minute they care about COVID because it's the same reason why they're blocking treatment and giving people things that don't work, including the vaccines. This is never and was never about a pandemic. And then there's the national security problems we have as well. Now, to introduce this segment, I'll introduce our next uh, sponsor, which is very appropriate. The only right you practically have left is to own a gun in every state and carry one in most states. But in order to properly defend yourself, you got to have a secure Agile Holster. We the People Holsters, our American-made holster company friends, they have you covered starting at just 40 bucks. We the People Holsters are custom-molded to fit your firearm exactly. They have thousands of options, including an amazing selection of printed holsters, and they fit right-handed, left-handed, inside the waistband, outside the waistband. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Pick up a good EDC tactical gun belt as well because it has to sit properly on your waist, um, good belt. You need a good belt as well as a holster. They also have some good printed 
hoodies and long sleeve t-shirts with some cool uh, um, pro-freedom messages. Every holster gun belt come with a lifetime guarantee. Again, wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Get an extra $10 off with offer code CR. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Never let your awesome firearm go unaccompanied without an awesome holster. So what about the national security implications? Well, I'm sure some of you have seen this already. Fox News, two Afghan refugees at Fort McCoy, the same place where we have a measles outbreak from them, facing charges of sex crimes against a minor and domestic abuse. It's holding 12,500 refugees there. Barullah Nouri, a 20-year-old Afghan evacuee. Hmm. He is being charged. Where is this? He's being charged with attempted tending to engage in a sexual act with a minor, using force against the person, along with three other accounts of engaging in a sex act with a minor. Hmm. No, none of us saw that coming. The victim was 16. Additionally, 32-year-old Mohammed Haroun Imad, another guy, is being charged with assaulting his wife by choking and suffocating her. The two have been removed from the base and are held in Dane County Jail. Oh, wow. So now the county jail has to hold them. Um, Yeah. So that's where we are. Now, folks, you know, when you bring in 100,000, this is what I always talk about vetting. It's like they're not going to have like a card that says Al-Qaeda or Taliban or ISIS on it. I've said that over and over. It's that they're nutcases. So it's going to breed and cultivate a climate of terrorism, not to mention disease, not to mention domestic violence, not to mention F, you know, female genital mutilation, and all sorts of craziness. 99% in a Pew Research 2013 poll, 99% of Afghanis in the survey supported making Sharia law the law of the land. 79% support the death penalty for leaving Islam. 82% say religious leaders should have more influence over politics. 39% support suicide bombing, and only like 40% ruled it out completely. Only 30% believe women should be allowed to decide whether to wear a, wear a veil. Less than in all but one country surveyed, 94% believe wives must obey always always obey husbands more than anywhere else except for Malaysia. And 96% believe converting non-Muslims is a religious duty more than in any other country surveyed in the Muslim world by Pew. So, um, yeah, this is real, real nice. Real, real nice here. This is what we have. Beautiful. Beautiful job. Well done. What are we going to do here? We have no liberty while we bring this in during a pandemic. And by the way, another issue, another civilization-killing issue. Do you know in the National Defense Authorization Bill, the Democrats are once again trying to put in the draft of women there. So if you're a young girl that you don't... um register for the draft, you'll be thrown in jail. But of course, murderers don't get thrown in jail. Let me read you more news. I'm just going to bomb you with news stories. New York Post, U.S. saw record increase in murders in 2020. It's September, which is about when the um, FBI uniform crime data on the previous year comes out. I have not seen the report yet as of this recording. I'll let you know if I see more nuggets. But the headline is there were about 5,000 more homicides across the country last year than a year before. 
um, roughly 21,500 homicides, a 30% rise in a single year. So the, until now, the previous single year record was 1968, which you know there's a lot of turmoil, which was 12.7%. So more than twice the percentage increase of the previous record year. And there we are. Big cities took the biggest hit, 35% increase. Folks, I don't know how to say this nicely, but I don't care about this country anymore. I've already mourned it. I've gone through the stages of mourning. It's like if you have a beautiful, I don't know, dish. Your wife makes amazing food, chicken, meat, cake, whatever. And... Something comes in, you have some flies get on it, you try to like maybe get it off, I could salvage it, and you try and you try, and then at some point, you have nothing but a maggot-infested carcass left. That's what we're trying to do. Any solution that we're talking about with elections, and this, and the midterms, and the presidential election, or anything else, you're trying to save a maggot-infested carcass. Our fiscal numbers are not solvent. Our welfare is not solvent. Our healthcare system is not solvent. It's horrible. Our culture is not solvent. Our national security and our domestic security are not solvent. Our demographics are unsustainable. The third world demographics we're bringing in. The tyranny is unsustainable. There's not a single issue that affects us where we could reverse engineer it. Let them have it. Go have it already. A sane movement, and we have enough people that we could do this. You'd pick a few states. You don't even need 25. You'd start with just a few. And flood it and and and, and t- take it over. National divorce. National divorce is the only solution. I challenge anyone to tell me how there's a, a better solution at this point. I challenge you. Folks, do you know how bad this thing is? How malignant our government is? I'm sure you've seen this new, this Newsweek article. It now came out that less than two years before COVID-19 pandemic began, scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology planned to genetically, genetically alter viruses to make them more infectious for humans and release them into bat caves. The research proposal was part of a trove of documents released this week by a group of scientists and activists who are trying to determine the origins of the pandemic which has killed uh, 4.7 million people. The one scientists were listed as partners on a funding proposal, the Environmental Health Nonprofit EcoHealth Alliance. And um, basically, a growing number of scientists and governments around the world, including the Biden administration, have refused to rule (laughs) rule out the lab leak theory. But... Basically, what we know now is they created something like this, which is, again, why people you don't have to feel bad if you're a conservative and you're worried about the virus, like as if you have to deny it just because it's the tool they use for tyranny. You didn't create this virus. You didn't enhance it with mass vaccination with a narrow spectrum leaky vaccine in the middle of it. And you didn't deny the only things that would have treated it early on and stopped it like like they did in Uttar Pradesh. The very bastards who did that and created the virus did that. So you don't have to feel guilty. This is not your fault. 
the virus is a problem, not for everyone, but it is this thing has turned out to be a real beast. It's undeniable. So the genocide is double. The genocide on the virus and the response to it. I mean, this is a fact. When you couple the timing of these documents, okay, so two years before, that puts it in 2017. Here is a New York Times article from 2017 on gain-of-function research. Okay, and this is, this is very important. Very, very important. December 19th, 2017. Let's go back in time. We don't need to, you know, so we have things now are coming out about what happened in 2017. But let's even read what the New York Times said in 2017. A federal ban on making lethal viruses is lifted. Federal officials on Tuesday ended a moratorium imposed three years ago on funding research that alters germs to make them more lethal. Such work can now proceed, said Dr. Francis Collins, the head of the, of the NIH, but only if a scientific panel decides that the benefits justify the risks. Some scientists are eager to pursue these studies because they may show, for example, how bird flu can mutate to more easily infect humans. Well, in order to do that, you have to create it. In October 2014, all federal funding was halted on efforts to make three viruses more dangerous. The flu virus, those causing MERS, and SARS. But the new regulations applied to any pathogen that could potentially cause a pandemic. For example, they would apply to a request to create an Ebola virus transmissible through the air. There has been a long, fierce debate about projects known as gain-of-function research intended to make pathogens more deadly or more transmissible. So those of us who dismissed this as nothing more than a flu, we weren't wrong. That is, God's ways are perfect. It's his son's that have the blemish. I'm paraphrasing from, what is it, second or third last chapter in, in Deuteronomy. God's ways are perfect, okay? This was man-made to be this transmissible and this relatively virulent. So here we are. So it's not just about the Wuhan lab. America was involved in gain-of-function research since 2017, at least since 2017, particularly related to these things that were originating in China, including things like SARS. Again, this is beyond an act of war. What they, the, if you look at the confluence, the confluence of things that they are doing to our immigration system, our security, our domestic security with crime, our freedom, our liberty, our health, our health choice, our ability to deal with the virus that they sicked upon us. I could not in my most cynical day two years ago have written a script like this. It's that bad. But this is what we're confronted with. And what are we going to do about it? To this day, there's not a single state legislature that's dealing with anything. I saw Idaho, they said they're, they're going to consider a bill on vaccine mandates in the January session. Yeah, it's too late by then. It's already too late. 
18 months into the most existential, absurd, immoral, illogical, inhumane assault on American rights, there is not a single state that has righteously fought this on more than a handful of fronts here and there. And those are the best few. What are we going to do about it? I don't know. If I, if, I, if I sat here in front of you and said, I have a silver bullet as one man, I'd be lying to you. I'd be lying to you. Again, I still believe we need to at least pick, I think maybe to focus on 25 was too much of a lofty goal, and we might have to, with our strike force teams, try to get them going in maybe just a handful of states. So at least we have somewhere to go. That's all I request. If we had one state where I could live the way we lived two years ago, which we thought was terrible, the culture, the economy, the government control, fiscal insolvency, I'd be as happy as anything. So anyway, I want to I wanna get into um, the remainder of the time, run down some of the latest news on COVID, COVID fascism, some of the latest stuff in the vaccine, the virus, um, you know, that we've, that we've missed in the last, uh, last 24 hours or so. So the first point I just wanted to go over with the vaccine news, obviously everyone saw that uh, FDA came out suddenly, oh, indeed, we actually are going to allow we're going to approve the boosters. Oh, for anyone over 65 and anyone who's at risk over 18. Wink, nod. You know what that's going to do. I, I told you this already a few weeks ago. I knew people going into Walgreens and whether they were verifying it or not even and didn't care, they were getting the third shot anyway. It's given out like candy. A lot of people are like, oh, the, F- the FDA finally came to their senses by voting it down. No. I knew they would come back and do this. They just couldn't have a full-blown thing and endorse the full thing officially because then that would publicly portray uh, events, a weak image of the vaccine because, oh, it needs a booster. It's not working. Oh, no, it's just people that have issues. Oh, anyone over 65 and most people between 18 and 65. But that's the way they're packaging it. So just wanted you guys to have that. Now, some of the stuff I just wanted to get to on ivermectin, um, it's very disappointing. Prescriptions have plummeted the last three weeks, and it's not because the need and cases have plummeted. Cases haven't. But it's down like, you know, 50% off the peak. It's very sad. You know, basically they won. It's hard for people to get a hold of. Again, I have doctors that are able to get a hold of it and mail it to you. Um, but... For the most part, it's not like you can go into any local place and really get it filled now. So the genocide is going on. Name me the one Republican. I listed a dozen ideas, policy ideas, that states could change tomorrow. Name me the state where you could get ivermectin. Because I don't really see it. I don't really see it. What's interesting is I haven't delved into the data here. But a a couple people are putting this out on Twitter. Tokyo dropped their hospital admissions by 75% since they recommended, if you remember the Tokyo Medical Society recommended the use of ivermectin on August 13th. Well, we're seeing the results of that. Japanese tend to do things with a little bit more sanity than we do. 
And then there's this story from Trial Site News. Heck, maybe it is better if we bring in people from the third world. At least it's not fourth world like America is. Maybe they'll, you know, third world hospital workers will be better. El Salvador, Guatemala, and Bolivia offer medicine kits for COVID-19 without anticipating adverse reactions. So these three countries, Bolivia, Guatemala, and El Salvador, (laughs) think about it. They're mailing people a kit that contains aspirin, um, loratadine, ivermectin, azithromycin, 500 milligrams of vitamin C, 200 IUs of vitamin D, 50 milligrams of zinc, and electrolytes. Again, I think we would have put in, you know, put in a little different concoction, but this is what they're doing now. The nation's Ministry of Public Health in El Salvador, they've publicly embraced ivermectin, but we can't get it here at a time of need. And by the way, speaking of the time of need, I just want to note, because a lot of people are, I, I don't think they're up on this and they realize what's going on. Again, for the 50th time, it's not Delta that's making this worse. It's the vaccine that created a greater viral load. Our friends at the Daily Skeptic, this is a good uh, UK website, Lockdown Skeptics, they wrote an article about Israel and noting how after all this vaccination, guess what? There has been no change. So we've heard this lie that, oh, you know... Um, let me tell you folks, it might not stop transmission, but it certainly helps you with your own illness. Well, first of all, if that's true, then how could you mandate it? But that's not true anyway. So what they found is they looked into deaths, hospitalizations, ICU admissions, and if you convert the number of you know, hospitalizations per case. There is no decoupling at all. Okay? So if the vaccine is preventing hospitalizations, then the rate of hospitalizations per positive test rate should have fallen dramatically. Right? Meaning, even if you tell me, oh, okay, no, it's going to spread like wild, but the, the hospitalizations per positive test would have gone down. Not at all. Okay? It is higher Again, I don't just mean in absolute terms, but I mean per positive case is actually higher than it was in the summer and fall of 2020. Same thing with um, the number of hospitalized patients being admitted to ICUs. And also the deaths per positive test rate has not gone down in Israel. Now, the one thing that is interesting, do you know what has gone up? So throughout last year in Israel, the number of excess deaths among people under the age of 45 was actually below average. Okay? Not sure why, but there were no excess deaths in Israel among people under 45. Now... So it went from minus 7% below the baseline to plus 5.3% excess deaths. 
okay? And that began right around week 10-11 of this year. Week 10-11 is in March, okay? That's when the critical mass had been, by that point, had been vaccinated. Now, in my mind, it could be one of two things. It could be the vaccine is causing these deaths. Although I don't think nationwide as a percentage that many young people have died from the vaccine. Way too many did. I think it's more older people that actually died. I think they just have had a lot of side effects as well as um, the long-term issues that we don't even know about. But I do wonder if it's the virus. If the, if the viral load is now, you know, as we're certainly seeing that anecdotally, killing younger people. And there certainly is, you know, evidence of that. The deaths did skew younger in America. There's new data on that. Now people will say, oh, it's because the vaccine worked for older people. Nope. Because the viral load is evening things out. So we're going to cover more and more of that narrative as time goes on. But the question everyone should be asking by now is where are the Republican governors, where are the Republican legislatures, where are all these talk show hosts that yelped and yelped and yelped about Joe Biden two weeks ago? Here we are two weeks later, and nothing has changed. Literally nothing has changed. You tell me where we are at this point. And I'm going to tell you something very depressing about where we are. By definition, the only people who could accomplish what I want to accomplish, meaning they have a big enough platform that they reach millions of people on the so-called right, guess who those people are? By definition, those are people that have big audiences. Well, if you have a big audience, by definition, you earn big money. And if you earn big money, by definition, you are very happy with your current state of life. The system is working for you, and you don't feel a sense of urgency to move outside of your comfort zone and push for something better. Because why should you? You're earning enough money. It's a cynical but accurate portrayal of what we're seeing in conservative media today. They're leading people astray. It's very sad, but honestly, I really don't know what to do about it. Now, one way we could deal with this is our get-together every few times a year. We're going to have our next one. Actually, there is one coming up next week. I won't be at that one, but the Constitution Defensive Handgun Training course given by Patriot Academy. If you go to constitutioncoach.com, You know, I've been talking about this all year, these exciting trips where we get together. We learn about the Constitution at night, courtesy of my buddy Rick Green. We shoot during the day. We learn how to clear malfunctions, draw from the holster, take headshots, um, how to win a gunfight. Best handgun training you'll ever find at Pahrump, Nevada, Front Sights Training Facility. You want to find out how to do it, 90% off their typical price. You go to constitutioncoach.com. You can find out all the details. There still is room for the October 31st trip, which I'll be attending. Um, There will also be uh, space available, certainly for the November trip. Very good time of year to go, by the way. The weather is awesome. Again, 
Go to constitutioncoach.com. And also check out Patriot Academy's website as well. You can find out the other courses they give, their biblical citizenship courses, how to become a Constitution coach as well. And my goal is not just to talk about the Constitution, but to get us together and to start forming these cells of how do we create individual counties and areas where we just take it over. Because right now we have nowhere to go. We don't need to save the country because there's nothing to save in terms of a maggot-infested carcass. It's a matter of finding one last refuge known to man for civil and religious liberty. Very sad. That's what Sam Adams said three weeks after signing the Declaration when he spoke before the Pennsylvania General Assembly. He framed the upcoming Revolutionary War in those terms. Will there be a place known to man, asylum for civil and religious liberty? That's where we are today coming full circle. And it's very sad, but I'm not going to lie to you. I challenge you to show me how electing yet another Republican to this, somehow a Republican president would clean this up. By the way, the front runner for that, just so you know, is the guy that put all the COVID fascism in place, whether you like it or not. So anyway, before I run out today, and I do have to go a little early, I just want to end off with an email that kind of encapsulates what's going on with the COVID fascism, but this spills over to the disquiet over everything and kind of the despair of so many millions of our people that they don't know what to do. And I sense there's so many more people like this out there for whom we could use their talents in a new country, so to speak, in a national divorce. But this is a guy who's a surgeon in in Michigan, and he emails me. People come to me for medical advice in general, and I've been providing rational vaccine advice, supporting those, fighting masks, treating a few outpatient COVID patients that contacted me. Last week, I had a great difficulty getting pharmacies to fill ivermectin. A relative of mine, 64 years old, fully vaccinated, has a bad case of outpatient COVID. Unfortunately, she didn't contact me until three days in as she thought she had just a cold. And that's really what the government has done by lying to people about the vaccine working. She's pretty sick with a bad cough, some shortness of breath, but still oxygenating okay for now. He didn't tell me what level. We started treatment with the basics aspirin, quercetin, and lactrophin. And he showed me a good study on that, L-A-C-T-O-F-E-R-R-I-N. I think I've heard of it. And I just want to note that there's tons of other stuff, too. And there's tons of stuff that have probably even more promised than ivermectin. But it's been denied us. They haven't pursued it, and they're pretty treat, treat, uh, cheap. And I've noted one thing is nitazoxanide. But anyway, he goes on. I prescribed budesonide, azithromycin, and ivermectin. We have been turned down by Rite Aid, um, Kroger, Costco, um, and all sorts of excuses were given. With Costco, they told me it was corporate policy, and I am pursuing getting a copy of that policy as well as their suppliers. I tried a CVS this morning, waiting to see if that one bounces. We did get her scheduled for the Lilly antibody infusion, which, by the way, doesn't work as well, the Lilly one, although not until Wednesday. And again, this he wrote me on Monday, which is bad, given the earlier the better. 
That took four phone calls, even the monoclonals, to sites listed on the HHS website. Her own doctor and other hospitals were completely useless. I'm so angry, so disappointed in the system. We have lost our way on so many fronts. And what no other talk show host tries to do is say, what do we do with that? Like, I could lament it and I can get paid money to lament, but what do we do? And all I could tell you is if all of these guys would be driven, all of the people that feel the way we do would be driven to harass their state legislators and their governor and attorney general in the reddest of red states. Pick the five reddest states. There is no way we would not have some sort of national divorce by now, and that would be a good thing. But we don't have it. Why? Because the Republican Party is a controlled opposition and the conservative movement is a false flag operation. Which is why they won't talk about this. I Look, I never imagined talking about this type of stuff when I went into politics. But then again, I know more about COVID than doctors because this is not science. It's all political science, and I know politics. I know where this stuff comes from. I, I know the art of politics. I could tell you exactly why our government and medical establishment chooses to do certain things and not do certain things. Makes perfect sense. Like I say all the time, even within the vaccination, why are they not pushing Moderna more than Pfizer instead of pushing Pfizer? Moderna is clearly doing better. I'm not going to vouch for the side effects, but at least on the efficacy side. But no. Pfizer has more lobbyists, much bigger company. And yet we have nobody. I don't know. All I could say is we all need to pray to God for guidance. There is no human solution to this. But God often does throw us some sort of escape when we never thought it was going to come. But the key is, do we have a movement in place of people that will even grab a hold of that lifeline. That's the problem. The left is so crazy that they're always making unforced errors in a way that we could exploit if we only stayed focused. And that's my commitment in the coming weeks. I'm, I'm going to leave no stone unturned to try to solve this. I'm looking for your ideas. Am I wrong? Is there a better solution? Is there a way of avoiding a national divorce? Should we even try to avoid it? Is there a place where we can move? And where should that be? You tell me, where are you able to live now, free of crime, refugees, the border problems, COVID fascism, free to get medication, where the hospitals function humanely, where you don't have mask and COVID and and vaccine mandates, you tell me where that place is and I'll move there because, frankly, I can't find it. On that sour note, but sour is sometimes needed because sometimes you need a sunset before you have a a sunrise. You have to properly mourn what we no longer have anyway in order to finally seek something new rather than try to eat from a maggot-infested carcass. But spread the word far and wide. 
Let's make this show grow. Not for my money, because I don't want to earn enough money that I no longer care. I just want people to know the truth. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.